0: Well, maybe it's a good time for me to mention that uh, parents with small children listening uh, might want to be aware that this particular talk is intended for a, a more mature audience.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I know why you played that. Oh, you do? Yeah, this past week you uh, became a more mature audience. I did? Yes. Not at all. What do you mean? Oh,
2: because <laughs> my birthday? Uh-huh. Mature's not really the word for it. Older, I mean, yes. Closer
1: to AARP. I God, it. sad. We both uh. exist in different decades of our lives now. Now you're just douching it up. No, no, no. Stop I'm it. not. Come on I'm now. just saying that you have mm-hmm. matured
2: in the past week. Would I have gotten like the uh, the bronze award, the gold, the diamond? What What am I at now? Oil. Oil. Yeah, <laughs> just oil
1: slick. <laughs> All right, really really? Okay, you haven't worked your way up. You're like the, you're at the very bottom of the rung.
2: I really? So I'm not even. Uh, am I past like carbon deposits in the cylinder? Mm.
1: No, you're a you're a leaky bell housing. Yeah, one <laughs> that you have to pull, pull the entire engine to, oh, uh, to fix. That's the worst. Yeah, yeah. And you um, here's the problem is when you park in your driveway uphill, mm-hmm. no issues. When you park in your driveway facing downhill, then I leak. Uh, everything comes out. All your guts are are just. I mean, it's just it's awful. It sounds like me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. When I lean forward, my guts are out and everything. Yeah, yeah happy birthday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, how old a gen are you now? Want to um, let our um, audience know? 37? 8? <laughs> 36. No, there's a zero on the end. Yeah, there is. Uh-huh. Yep. And there's not a three or four in front of it. Nope. And there's not a six either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't seen your birth certificate, so I can't verify that. Uh, did you get the package I sent you for your birthday? Uh, I'm scared to answer that. Would, no, I didn't. What package uh, did you oh. send me? All right, well maybe the uh, the Nissan Titan got lost in the mail. Sorry about that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I figured you. Were that would have a real truck. Awesome. If someone like Brent Hagen from
2: Nissan pulled up mm-hmm. in a Platinum Edition, yeah, I can't even. Ma- I would have been that crying person that you see on TV. Do you
1: think Brent would have jumped out with a giant fake check and a camera crew and said, "Here you go"? But why? Why the check? Why the crew? Just give me the damn truck. Because what would be awesome is at the end it's all set up. And you didn't win a truck or a oh check. Oh, God, no. And then we just tell you happy birthday and you get like a really bad, oh, fruitcake. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had fruitcake for your birthday since it's so close to the holidays? No. We could change I'm that. I'm not a fruitcake fan and
2: <laughs> uh, it sucks having your birthday right against the holidays. It, my parents always did a really good job of You're, trying to separate
1: it but never worked. Right. And I've got uh, a little one who's got a Christmas, uh, around Christmas birthday mm-hmm. as well. So I'm struggling with that as a parent. How to, how to make her birthday two days after Christmas special. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you've got to hold parent presents back and
2: whatnot. And, again, yeah, my, my, my parents did a great job. And I think since I, you know, with my kids. It didn't affect you at all, which is great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and my kids, the poor, they, I feel bad for them because they really try to do stuff for my birthday and my wife for months. She's like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I'm like, nothing. I just, birthdays depress me. No, my birthdays depress me. I love doing all other All the birthdays. time or just recently? Since I was 21. Since you were
1: twenty one. They've been awful. So about twenty-eight years. And I think would you I say? make them awful. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty-eight <laughs> years since then. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. Huh. All right then. <laughs> hey. Well you don't sound too happy. This uh, uh
2: started uh <laughs> weird.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Well, congratulations on uh, another uh orbit around the uh, around the sun. Happy birthday. <laughs> Appreciate I, uh, that. We should all be so lucky to hit your age because I think it's uh no, don't even definitely do am I don't even do that. why? Why do you got to come at me like this? Look, I am, I'm just saying I happy
2: birthday to you. more youthful in spirit than you are. I'm still lowering cars, changing caliper co- colors. I'm uh-huh. still doing like wacky stuff that 19-year-olds do.
1: Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, my, my goatee is gray, so what? <laughs> well, it sounds like you got a lot of baggage and- uh, <laughs> I don't have any baggage. And you need something with a lot of payload. So I think oh, that Nissan Titan uh, would have worked well. for I love you. how you brought it back to the I'm Nissan. I'm trying again. to, you know, trying to wrap up uh, the intro to episode 154. Oh, by the way, also has 50 in the title, which is interesting. Episode 1. I'm
2: not okay with this. You understand, right? I know that you love busting on me <laughs> um, for my age. Right? I don't think it's good for the. Sh- is it good for the show, guys? Do you care? There are people giggling in their bigger. Are right they now. all yeah. right? Okay. I mean, and they're, they're pickup
1: trucks. We got a lot of listeners that are older than I am, so I should no, be okay with it. I love them, and this isn't about them. This is only about you, because you know it gets my goat. I do, and it's hilarious.
2: I don't know why it bugs
1: me. It does. I bug just you. don't
2: want to get older. I, well, none of us do. But ever, I especially don't want for, to get older. for all
1: of our 25 year old listeners see, out there. Because you're going to
2: be stately. You'll be a stately old man smoking your cigar with my fedora, and, and I'm going to be some jackass 65 year old, lower, you know, like on a statically s- dropped car, popping <laughs> bot stots off the, uh, you know, off the road. I'm going to be that that dude. Some 25
1: year old cop is going to pull you over and be like, "Grandpa, seriously, slow <laughs> down, right?" Well, let me just uh, put this out there for all of our 25 year old listeners. There's a lot of stuff that happens when you get to be over about oh, 0.30 that nobody tells you about, and we're not going to tell you either. Just know that- uh, are, you, are you talking about ear hair? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> ear hair, <laughs> neck hair. There's hair in places you didn't know you can grow hair. But then you lose hair
2: in the places that you should grow hair. It's That's not right. All it's all backwards. Right. all backwards. Enough of this. This is going to be a great episode. 154. How yeah, about all the pops and joints? Happy it. New Year in advance, by Would the way. did you say? You're out of uh, warranty. Yeah, I am long since out of my three-year, 36,000-mile warranty. Well, if you were built better, you
1: would have come from the factory with a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Very true. Uh, But uh, I have a feeling you'd be out of that one as well. Yeah. Yeah, sadly. All right. Well, if you're interested in the uh, industry's best warranty on a full-size truck- Head down to your local Nissan dealer or head to NissanUSA.com where you can build and price a Nissan Titan, a Titan XD, and of course, check out the Frontier or the line of NV commercial vans and one of our favorite full-size SUVs, the redesigned Armada. And since you didn't get what you wanted at Christmas, you should treat yourself to a brand new deck system, twin sliding drawers that you can shove all the stuff into that you plan on returning. And I heard that uh, according to uh, what I saw on social media, their prices are going up at the beginning of the year. So if you've been looking for that deck system, better get it now. You know what I say? Hop on that.
2: Hop, hop on that. Hop on Hop yeah. on that. Like now, hop on that pricing right now, today, right before January 6th comes and you have to pay more. Uh, okay. Hop on that. Say it with me. Hop on that. Yeah, weird. No? yeah, super See, weird. I'm See, staying, I'm staying
1: young. Hop uh, on that. Cool. D-A-T. All right. Well, what I'm going to hop on is a set of Durlast brake pads. <laughs> You can get them in either the Durlast, the Duralast Gold, or the brand new Durlast Elite. And of course, Duralast Rotors for that direct OE replacement for smooth, quiet stopping power, including the upgrade to Duralast Gold.
2: And the Z-clad zinc coating provides rust protection and long life and eliminates pre-installation cleaning with stand salt spray for up to 120 hours without
1: rust. Check out the full line of Duralast pads and rotors at DuralastParts.com or head down to your local auto zone.
2: The Truck Show oh. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, cause truck rides with the truck show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones
3: the Truck Show! The Truck Show! The Truck Show! Whoa, whoa. It's The Truck Show with
2: your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Man, we got a lot of stuff on episode 154 Truck Show Podcast. We've got Jason Gonderman talking about the new Ford F-150 with some kind of, I don't know, superpower, like super boost, some kind of... X-ray vision, cloak of invisibility, mind-melding, laser eyes. I don't know. It's got something going on.
1: And we've also got uh, some Know Your Notes. We haven't done those in a while, so I dug through the archives and I found a few that uh, that we forgot to do. Yeah, and it's been a minute. We need you guys to send us some Know Your Notes. We missed doing those. 657-205-6105. Or do a sound file on your uh, phone and email them to truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. And also on the show for everybody who says... We don't do enough Toyota content, we've got Jeremiah Prophet from Prophet's Resurrection Cruisers coming on to talk about Land Cruisers. We are, we've got a dump truck full of Toyota content, and we're just backing it, and we're just going to unload it right into your ear holes. (laughs) I don't know about you, but my ear holes are ready, so uh, let me dial. Hey Sean, how you doing? What's happening? I also have my man, Lightning, here. What's you... happening?
0: Ah, Lightning. Oh, man. Uh, looking at remote control cars and trying to wind down after a long day. How about you guys?
1: Well, that's uh, it's better than our day. I'm I'm looking <laughs> at uh, Lightning from across the table with a couple of microphones staying six feet apart and uh, hoping that we can get through this oh. awesome episode. And we're
2: we're about to talk Toyotas, but first, we've got a quick intro, so don't move, Jeremiah. What does it take to be an entrepreneur? it takes to be an entrepreneur with your job and get alone and don't let anyone tell you you can Go into debt and don't look back don't worry there will always be another crappy job this is what it takes to be an entrepreneur now Jeremiah not everyone gets that uh, <laughs> the uh, gets that intro bestowed upon them because you are the quintessential entrepreneur you have done what other people would probably, would be a little skeptical of. They're like, wait, you're doing what to, to what? You're modifying and restoring who, what, what, and the what now? I don't know if what, they would say just I, like
1: that, but that would be the point. I promised, I promised our listeners that I would bring some uh, some solid Toyota content to the content well, and I said, you know what? Jeremiah's the man who's going to make me look good.
2: But we're not just talking Toyota, like uh, Tacomas and Tundras. We oh, got the Wayback, wayback machine, back machine, and we're doing Cred City. Like, this is, <laughs> Jeremiah... Profit doesn't need like the dope ass jacket to be credible. He rolls in, they go. Dude, that's a dude.
0: That, are you? That does it. Are,
2: are, are you his hype man? Should we let yes. him talk? Yo, yo, yo! What up, Jeremiah? Prophet in the Izzy.
0: <laughs> How was that for you're a setup? Do my social media from now on. <laughs> that's awesome. No, it's a, it's an honor, lightning. Thank you. now we're we uh, do this for a living.
2: We're, we're yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I might have some experience being the hype man on the. Uh, so we've got a lot to get to, Jeremiah. Uh, first off, you do have the coolest last name, so you're probably used to everyone saying that. But uh, I'm a little jealous. Beyond that, you think uh, you think that uh, Prophet is better
1: than Tillis? Yeah, it's
2: way better. Of Tillis course is it is. I just whack, rhetorical super question. Super lame. Yeah, I don't. It's not. I, if my dad's listening, I love it. It's a great last <laughs> name. But otherwise, it's just whatever. <laughs> Prophet's a cool last name. Cool last name. Anyway, now so, you're
0: going to break into a chorus of Jeremiah was a bullfrog.
2: No, I'm not. Yeah, no, I'm not. But my wife would. No, I'm, right, not, I'm not going to no, <laughs> do that. What I'd like to find out first, before we jump into um, the vehicles that you're currently restoring, offering, selling, manufacturing, making parts for, is how in the world did you fall in love with these older Toyotas, and what was the thing that got you going? Where did you start? Rewind the clock all the way back to the teen years.
0: To the teen... Well... So Land Cruisers specifically are really easy to fall in love with. And it always starts, well, it usually starts with a childhood memory. And most of our clients have childhood memories of being in usually FJ40s or, or FJ60s and growing up in them and sometimes driving them in high school and college and, or their grandfather had one. And so it, it always starts with an early memory. I'm not lucky enough to have a really early childhood memory. I got my start Volkswagens in high school in my mom and dad's garage. But I bought my first Toyota Land Cruiser in, uh, after I graduated from college when I was teaching school in a small burg called Dinosaur, Colorado, western, northwestern Colorado, almost by Vernal, Utah. And um, just because it was the only four-wheel drive in town for sale and I wanted a project, and so I bought it knowing nothing about FJ40s teaching fourth and fifth grade at an elementary school with 51 kids and I fixed the thing up and um I just kind of enjoyed it it was going to be my hunting vehicle and then right before I moved uh to Cedar Colorado where I taught for a while something happened to the engine and it uh threw a rod and so I towed it flat towed it to my, my new home but could not afford to fix it with the move and everything and didn't know where to get parts, really. And so I put it in the paper, and I sold it to these two old men. And I think they still have it, those codgers. They got it, they <laughs> go it. But they they took it. They used to bring it to Cruz Moab and haunt me with it. They fixed it up. They put a different engine in it. And they, they actually, they did a pretty good job with it. Um, and But I, I remember they picked it up. And as soon as they disappeared over the hill with the thing on a trailer, this hole opened up inside me. And I thought I was attached to that car and I didn't even realize it. And so I bought another one. I found the next one I could find and bought it and fixed it up. And then another one and fixed it up. And I think at some point the hobby outgrew me and I had to start making decisions to hire people and build a bigger shop. And then it's some okay, point well, I needed let, to retire let's, from. But, but Jeremy, hold on a second. Let's pause yeah. there.
2: What were you teaching at the time when you started your first FJ?
0: Oh, no, you know, so in elementary school, it's usually just every subject, right? So, okay. not a shop teacher, just taught, uh, you know, English, science, history, math.
2: And and at what point did you actually say, I'm gonna get out of teaching, and 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 be an entrepreneur? I'm yeah, gonna, when, I'm gonna try, to try the this because that is
1: duration business. T- kind of what was the delta, that tipping point where you went, well, I can make a living doing this. Yeah. yeah. And,
2: Cause you just said, I went to a bigger shop, which means that you had a shop. So that first shop is really what I want to find out. About. Was that was, your garage or was it? So, a, yeah. Was it a corrugated 18 by building?
0: 30, 18 by 30 corrugated pole barn with a gravel floor. There it is. One, awesome. one time we had to, we were, and we weren't doing just Toyotas. Um, there was a uh, we had a client who was buying um, insurance totals and having us fix them up, me and, and two other guys. And uh, one time we were painting a, a Ford F-350, like a 92 Ford F-350 with a quad cab. And we had to pull it in and paint the front and then pull it out with wet paint on it and paint the back. That's how small it was. <laughs> and, of but, course, um, that was a heated no, floor,
1: it, right? A heated gravel floor. Yeah, with, with, yeah sure, they have those. With drywall floor. Heated, on the
0: corrugated uh, tin. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dust. So the gravel is a great dirt filter. Just <laughs> lets the dirt go right down through the floor into the into the. Well, ground.
1: I mean, let's be honest. It saves money on so, that kid who's going to be sweeping up at but, the end of every did day. But before you painted, did you did you spray it down?
0: <laughs> did we do before we painted it? Did we what? Did you spray it down with a hose? The the gravel. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <What kind laughs> of, of course. Hacks do you think we are? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think he is? Right. A savage? I don't know. He's still working on you spray yeah. painting a truck <laughs> and a
2: gravel floor. <laughs> Okay, so that's that's building number one, and and how quickly did you outgrow
0: it? Right away, we we, we've gone through four facilities, and we're currently up. You know, we've outgrown the one we're in now, which is fourteen thousand square feet, and we really need something like twenty thousand. But we we outgrew it right away, and and really that was like a hobby shop. It still wasn't a real business. In fact, I would say. Probably it was four years or even five years after we painted a truck with a gravel floor before I decided to, you know, go legit, right, and make it a a real business and hire an accountant and have real employees. And that was around 2000.
2: Who was working there? Was it just you? And and is it your wife that's still there today?
0: No, no, no. so uh, the, another interesting story, maybe for a different kind of podcast. When I told <laughs> you I was teaching school a dinosaur, yeah, my wife was actually in my fifth grade class at that time. My my current wife, Shandra, who you see in our videos, Resurrection yes. Land, Cruisers y- TV, yes, she, I taught her in fifth grade. Okay, that is a
1: very different podcast. Uh, we need to get Doctor Drew on the <laughs> phone
2: and uh, psychoanalyze our good friend uh, Jeremiah here.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, to answer your question, it was it was it was Bob Anderson. Robert Anderson, who still works for us to this day. He was our first employee and still there. And and then one other guy um, who was a really good employee also that lasted, worked for us for a long time before becoming a stay-at-home dad.
2: So then you, you, you work your way up in buildings and you realize that you can find these vehicles, restore them. Um, and I want to find out how what the restorations uh, started as and then evolved into? Cause yeah, now, because now... Well,
1: right now, you know, uh, Resurrection Cruisers is known as one of the number one, you know, top FJ restoration or Land Cruiser restoration companies in in maybe even the world, but definitely in the United States. So what were the early restorations like versus what you guys do now?
0: Uh, every business has to go through a learning curve. And, and I think, and, and sometimes it's a longer learning curve than others. And then after you're through that and you sort of, Broken through into the made it category, you still have to keep improving every process and every project, um, you know, every time you do one, right? Continuous improvement. The Toyota, the Japanese call it Kaizen, and that's what Toyota uses um, in the Toyota production system is continuous improvement at all times. So I think we made a couple of really big jumps as we realized just what it meant to, you know, to restore an older vehicle. Um, and then We've been making steady progress since then. But, you know, the, the very first builds were – I always thought we were building the best Land Cruisers, but now I know that weren't, right? So I think we were doing pretty good the whole time. But if you compare it to something we did now and even something we did, you know, 10 years ago, there's a pretty big difference.
2: Well, were were you using like a production line mentality or was everyone a one-off?
0: Oh, man, everyone's a one-off. So we've never been a sales you know, we don't have a sales model. We don't buy Land Cruisers, fix them up, and sell them. All right, I so Jeremiah that, is not a smart man then. He's a good fabricator. No, <laughs> no, no, no. No, he, no, he is a smart yeah. guy because he's taking
1: a guy's dream or what the guy remembers as a kid and converting that guy's dream with dollars into something tangible. And that carries way more value than churning out serialized uh, production run of, of, of Redo's. I was it just having so. fun.
0: I believe, I believe so. Yeah, no, I believe so. And it, and it takes, I mean, you know, our guys are craftsmen, right? We have 18 employees and they're craftsmen. They don't want to, you know, cookie cutter build vehicles that all end up the same, right? Every, we have, I keep my arms out sort of to keep customers from going off wild tangents and, and building things or, you know, putting Cessna airplane engines and cruisers and things that don't work but say what within, well, wait 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 wait, wait. You,
1: can't, stop, you
2: can't gloss over no, 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 the
1: engines and did,
2: did someone ask you to do something well, like you'd
0: that never, you never know what people are gonna do right so you have to you have to set some boundaries but within those boundaries we like to build what the customer wants and so not a sales model people usually have their land cruisers already when they come to us but sometimes we help source them for them and and then uh, you know we build them more or less to their specifications. But a guy walks as long as in we're adding value.
2: and says, "Do you will you put a Cessna engine?" And you say, "You must
0: be out of your mind."
1: Or, or do you say, "No man, yeah, I'll do that, <laughs> but it's going to cost you."
2: Well, what's the strangest request that you've had no. where you said, "No, I'm sorry, we do it this way. This is our style."
0: Without, without, I mean, there's been we've been doing some things lately that don't make sense to me. <laughs> I, I haven't said no, but um, it is 2020 after all. You know. There's yeah, there is. And so because it's 2020, there's a handful of people who want to have uh, an EMP hardened vehicle, right? A bug out rig, something that's going to run after the pinch goes off and there's nothing left with an electronic circuit board. So um, we've been um, sort of dumbing down smarter vehicles, de technologically um, regressing cars so that they have cars carburetors and points type ignitions and things that will theoretically still operate after you know the the real bad stuff hits the fan so that's kind of a weird request but we've done it a handful of times
2: is that's weird that there really are people that are the doomsdayers
0: are out there and they are buying?
1: we have those <laughs> listeners yeah, yeah. right they're listening to the show right now really we have doomsdayers 100 they,
0: they are they are listening that's right yeah and it's just you know, remember, I mean, they're always You don't want to be a guy that's you know, you don't have any running cars.
1: No, when, because then you're on you a know, bicycle. it's all
0: over. Yeah. It, you want to be driving around in a really shiny, bright Land Cruiser on, you know, 37-inch tires, it's not a target at all.
1: Well, and, and, don't, and don't worry about the fact that you won't be able to get gasoline anywhere because the refineries are now down, too. But But damn
0: it. If you've got barrels hidden, extended range, tank, extended <laughs> range, yeah. you're, you're good for about, you know, a So, yeah, no, miles. that's just enough to get. I think the idea, in all honesty, is to be able to get from, you know, your city uh, dwelling to your, um, you know, underground bunker, bunker in yeah. The forest. Yeah, so do you know
1: where you, number one is the first one that you restored? Do you have any idea?
0: You know, I don't, I mean, and I don't even, I mean, back then. It was for a different purpose, right? I mean, sure. we were building small things for locals who were going to beat them up and hunt out of them. And um, we haven't even ever received, you know, got a project from the first five years back into the shop. I think they've probably all gone on to, to die somewhere or, or uh, you know, left the area we we're in and, and just never seen them again. That'd be fun, though. Go back and track them down. Yeah. See where they're at.
1: Find one on eBay. See what they're going for. You, have you ever yeah. seen one that changed donors and came back to you? Like maybe you restored one, and oh, the owner had it, yes. sold it, and then said, "Oh yeah, yeah."
0: He what was the request? The like it's like a different. Times once.
1: Is it like a different color? Is it a, a full yeah. a rebuild? What what do they typically want to do?
0: We built the same rig three times, um, <laughs> wow. for three different owners. First guy wanted a stock restoration for his son. Wanted to be like a father son project. Realized real quickly that that gets you dirty, and so it became <laughs> the you guys build it for us. Then the son um, wanted a Subaru, not the old Land crew, you know, stop. I mean, a 1970 F340 is is cool as, as could get, but it's not the, necessarily every high school kid's dream. So he wanted a, a Subaru. So the dad sold it to a guy in New York who wanted a mild still mod. So he sent it back. We restored the whole car again, but with uh, this time with like a 5.3 Vortec and a... 4L60, and I think we four linked the back and sprung Jeez. over the front, and nice. arb beat it. And then uh, third guy goes, you know what? This is too big for me. Um, I want, I don't, you know, I, I want to keep um, as much Toyota DNA as possible. And so we built it back into a more stock, 33 inch tire, having um, more like a restoration than than it was. So it kind of went full circle.
1: Wow. Now, do you do you look at a car that you built coming back and go? Okay, I know where the bodies are buried, or I remember this car, or or is it easier because it was your work before, so you're not cleaning up anybody else's mistakes?
0: Yes, for sure. As long as it's as long as it's something we've done in the last 15 years, and it, you know when we, when we were over that learning curve, um, our work is solid enough to where we don't have uh, we don't have to grin, you know, cringe as many times when we look at it for sure. So what's a typical restoration and, and, and building up people's built rigs? Is always complicated.
1: Well, yeah, because there's so many uh, – I think people have an idea of what they want, but they don't really know what they want, especially when dealing with vintage vehicles. So it's kind of up to you guys to to For guide sure. them. Right.
2: I'm on your website in the old school projects, which is 10 years or older, older. And I'm fascinated by – you've dropped a 5.9 liter Cummins into these. You've got a propane-powered rock crawler. You have – I mean, the Lizard King is obnoxious but awesome. It looks like a rock <laughs> bouncer, and there's so many cool. I mean, you've you've you're not the shop that just does one build, obviously, meaning one yeah. style.
0: We still do crazy stuff like that these days. Yeah, yeah, within within reason, right? It's, it's the sky's the limit, and uh, and and we still do some big crawlers. Um, we we still do completely stock museum quality restorations, and then you know, mild resto mods. So what's a frame off
1: restoration? What are you doing to that? Obviously taking the body off the frame, but when somebody comes to you and they've got a a cruiser that needs to be rebuilt, um, are you talking about every nut and bolt? Are you, do you have a supply of Toyota parts? Are you refurbishing uh, new old, or uh, do you have a a line on new old stock? Are you refurbishing parts? How does that
0: work? I I have the whole answer for you, but first I'm going to, I'm going to stop and back off and back up to a word you used. Yes. Because you said, "What do you do when you do a frame off restoration?" Sure. sure. Technically, to do a frame off restoration, you have to roll the car upside down, and then take the frame off. Because so I so that's a pet peeve word. Really, you can't do a frame off restoration. Nobody takes the frame off of anything. Right. You you're you're doing a, bo- a body off body, restoration. Body off. I think it's yeah. I think that people got confused a long time ago and were confusing a body off and a frame up restoration that people started saying frame off frame up, restoration sure. or How maybe there's some dare history that you i don't in. know i i oh, got man. i got his pet it, peeve going so right now I, well this
2: is going to go down in the history it's books. a hashtag it's a hashtag
0: <laughs> it's a hashtag body off not frame off oh, oh. really so we, that's like oh that, that to, well to to us, i think i started it
2: but you know to us it's it's the G is silent. Hashtag the G is silent because all the guys that say Cummings right coming instead is of Cummins. Ins, yeah. So our, our oh has- yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah except yeah. that that's our- another. Ba- I've educated tons of people on that one.
1: Well, and here's the funny thing is uh, we had a bunch of our listeners. We had it trending for a while. Uh, the G is silent, and when you see it written as a uh, hashtag, it's the jisilent.
2: <laughs> so, the, the unattended, fo- <laughs> unattended. So, so
1: people come up and they go, "Hey, man, the jizzolent," and that's how we know they listen to the show.
0: The jizzolent,
1: yes,
2: yeah, it, that's driven us it's crazy, and it comes so often from guys that own Ram trucks. Yeah, I got a Cummings. I'm like, no, don't. you don't, you don't. No. Did you ever read that big plaque that's on the the cowl of your truck? Can you read? <laughs> I can't wait. Maybe, maybe that's the issue.
0: So uh, my question is, Lightning. So, com- yeah, yeah. So so our restorations are as thorough as you can get. Um, we use OEM Toyota parts whenever possible, but the bottom line is there's just, you know, they don't all exist. And so we restore probably more than we buy new, obviously. Um, our You know, we never refinish anything that's bolted to something else. So every nut, bolt, clip, clamp, and spring is redone. Um, whether it's a restomod or restoration, literally every project gets thousands, um, maybe even tens of thousands of individual, you know, bolts and washers and nuts and springs and and brackets um, prepped and refinished in new zinc, um, or or sometimes, well, usually zinc. So that's a lot easier to get done, either in clear or yellow or black, um, and then every piece um, is either painted, is either sandblasted to bare metal and. Be finished, you know, repaired and refinished and painted, or it's powder coated. Or um, so when they're done, you know, they are virtually brand new everywhere, and uh, a lot more modern coatings so that they're you know last a lot longer. So the undersides, the engine compartments, things like that, um, stay beautiful forever. And you know, rebuilding an old engine isn't enough. You have to cosmetically restore it. That means hand refinishing every bolt, including like everything on a carburetor. So think about about taking apart a Japanese carburetor. And then hand, you know, re zinking all of the screws and, you know, the small pieces of linkage for the carburetor. We, we go to that level on every build.
1: Which is why you guys are, are one of the best in the nation because you do go to that level of detail. And I, I've had the pleasure of of seeing a few of your builds, whether it's at SEMA or whatever in person, uh, Overland Expo. And I, I can attest to the quality and just how amazing they look. I, in all honesty, they look better than the day they were bought off the showroom floor. Well, before. forgive
2: me for the dumb question, but have you won any concours or anything like Pebble Beaches? Of that, that, I got to assume that there are guys that have a Ferrari in the garage and one of your builds.
0: Yeah, that's. I think that's our clientele, right? A lot of the guys are car collectors, and they're you know they don't just have one you know handmade or custom automobile. But um, we haven't. We're, so we were supposed to go to Pebble Beach. We had, we had plans to go just during this whole thing and, you know, this uh, whatever, some virus, I think, is going around. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Well, uh, maybe. But it's, it yeah. is, um,
2: we're actually wearing, Jeremiah, we're wearing okay. uh, hat, these little wristbands that we came into Motor Trend. So our, our, our studio was at Motor Trend inside the photo cove. And uh, there was a, uh, can we say who was shooting here?
1: Can no, there there's a corporate shoot here, and so they had a COVID officer, which is what you have to do these and so days. And so now we're wearing well, wristbands. Well, hold on, we oh, skipping through the part where we have we come to the photo studio, or in the podcast studio, and typically what we do is we record Tuesday nights after work when nobody's in the building, and nobody's been in the building anyway because of the virus and all that kind of stuff, and the pandemic, whatever. So we come in at night, it's just the two of us, and that way we don't bother anybody, nobody bothers us. We come into a crew of like 40 people today- and a COVID officer checking our temperature and making us fill out for him. So, uh, no, we don't know anything about it, but we are wearing uh, happy face <laughs> smiley wristbands to show that we've been cleared. They are those uh, those paper wristbands that- uh, That pull the, the hair
2: out of oh, your Oh, yeah, wrist. they stick right to your hair, and but it's uh, like as if we're in the hospital with happy faces, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the child ward, you know, the children's ward. Nice.
0: So, uh, yeah. I wonder how long those will last. Like, could you get in there like two weeks from now with those?
1: Well, I was going uh, to- I, it didn't happen yet, but I was going to uh, bet. Don't shower. Yeah, I was going to bet lightning. Don't shower. Who can have it on the longest and see if we can go into the new year with it. Um, you can't tell me because <laughs> I've gone to Coachella and I've worn the same wristband <laughs> for
2: you know over two weeks straight. <laughs> so you were going to go to Pebble Beach and then you got hosed and that didn't work out. But, we I mean, will.
0: Yeah, yeah, we we will. We will. But so as far as scrutinizing our work, right? So first of all, because we're in the four by four. I mean, we, we have stuff in SEMA Battle of the Builders, or at least we used to before I started judging the contest. Uh, we we go to a lot of shows and and but but there's not a lot. This is a bummer, but there's not a lot of places to take a well-built four-wheel drive vehicle and have it scrutinized next to hot rods and muscle cars and you know you know things that uh, you know what you are. You know that people traditionally spend that much time. You, you know what you are.
2: You're you're like what the Academy Awards that they always give it to some indie film whatever, and they never give it to the blockbuster um, sci-fi movie. Are you comedy. saying that because the FJ that's is shaped right. like a box? Well, no. Well, it is good. That's a good analogy. But no, like he—he's the one that's winning the popularity contest, and people love it. But the the snooty people with their noses up in there, like no, well, we no, prefer no, no. the Here's 1939. The well, uh, avant garde. But as
1: as four x fours in that era, that 60s and 70s four by fours are picking a massive steam. You can see them in the Bear Jackson auctions. You can see them. You know the prices out there. Those restorations will be every bit as important as some of the I, other ones in, I, I the, in, in the coming years. Oh, okay. I we're, we're at the you. leading edge of that right now. I gotcha. Think.
2: What are you? Are you doing dinner? What's going on? Agreed. Over? Agreed. Me? Yeah. I just heard not, pots no, and pans dinner, rattling. But, okay, uh, <laughs> that or you're loading no, a shotgun. What you heard was the
0: clinking. <laughs> the, what you heard is the the clinking of uh, reverse osmosis ice going into an eggnog cup. Oh, wow. well, this is the time of just year.
1: <laughs> oh, good call. It, it is the season for sure. How many restos? Or even build, I guess, for that matter. Have you done in the history of the company?
0: Hundreds. That's a that's a good question, and I really don't even know the answer. I mean, we've always probably turned out between ten and a dozen, um, you know, full builds in a year. We're probably doing more like twenty. Uh, so you know, over over a hundred. Wow. Hard to count.
1: Okay. What's your waiting list? If if I brought you an FJ today. Would you tell me to... Kick Rocks. Kick Rocks?
0: Um, no. So we have a great process to get a vehicle in the shop. Um, it does take some time to get through the process. And then once once we come to an uh, understanding of what we're going to do, there's about a 15 or 16-month wait to start.
1: What if um, I go project? to your back roll-up door... And I see your bouncer and I show him a whole bunch of Benjamins. Does that get down to like 12, 10 months? I'm he like, bad. first off, he's got a bouncer?
0: <laughs> I'm <laughs> is imagining it, is it. he
2: a big Samoan With big, all, all, giant wearing dude. all black? Yeah, right? absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Sunglasses
0: at night. I have a—I have a bouncer. Her name is Jenny. She's our office manager. <laughs> uh, she hates it when I talk about the schedule. I'm not even supposed to mention real you know, dates to customers. But uh, And that's why I said 15 to 16 months because normally I say 14 and she cringes. So, you know, you you can't. You can't cheat and skip and get in. Uh, we do a pretty good job of preventing that, but I'll tell you what does happen all the time and it really messes the schedule up is the scope increases, right? People call and they Mission have their are brought in for Yes. And so they're you know, they're in for a stage two and they turn it into a stage three, or they're in for an engine conversion and the frame is rusty and we can't use it. So, you know, while you're replacing the frame you might as well powder coat it since you're powder coating the frame you might as well do the undercarriage since you're doing the undercarriage you might as well restore the whole thing and so those kinds of projects kind of in a in a weird roundabout way the guys at the shop they tease about it they think that people schedule their rig for an oil change and then <laughs> turn it into a stage three restoration
1: yeah. uh hundred percent that's that's totally what uh, yeah. i think I, my strategy would be to to get in the door so okay if i'm if i have my fj and i'm coming to you and it's a fifteen to sixteen month waiting list. How long does a typical build take? Well,
2: that six depends on. Six to seven
0: on, to eight months. I was okay. going to say that
2: depends on what he's doing to it, right? That, That's why I said typical. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean we, la, the last, so we don't put as much time into him as most of those hot rod guys, right? But our, our builds typically run between fourteen hundred and twenty two hundred hours. Wow. What? And uh, so, um, you know, six months is a fourteen hundred hour project. The way we run our teams
1: what are the best mods if somebody wants to have a lightly modified uh land cruiser to make it um I guess more modern so you can daily driver it you can still take it on a on a backcountry adventure what are the best things to do to a uh, to an Fj
0: we like the Cummings R 2.8 <laughs> 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 hey, yeah, the gisel the gisellin
1: so
2: exactly we, wait wait hold on that's
0: right. There you go. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I really try to. Okay, I find myself walking a fine line between trying to keep all the Toyota DNA and doing a full-on resto mod. There are things that you can do to an FJ40 specifically. Some of the years are, you know, are kind of more taboo to modify than others. But there are things you could do that will half their value. Wow. So um, if we if we want to if we decide early on in the conversation about the vehicle that we want to keep Toyota DNA. Then we want to modernize it as much as we can uh, keeping that DNA and stay you know and stay Toyota but you know kind of cheat here and there then what we do is something similar to like the rig that we we featured in our YouTube series which the last episode episode 41 came out and that rig has it's an FJ40 two and a half inch lift pretty mild 33 inch tires but we did full range of drivability. Changes keeping within you know as OEM as possible. So shackle reversal, two and a half inch lift, stretch the wheelbase three and a half inches, three FE, which is a fuel injected straight six from an FJ62 from the late '80s, early '90s. We kept an automatic transmission with this one, but lots of times we do a five speed. Power steering, air conditioning, um, you know, leather seating, digital gauges, nice sound system, um, you know, uh, Line X on the floor and underneath, and so everything you could do to make it tight and Feel more modern a little bit more modern drivetrain but you know 100 percent toyota where it counts aftermarket stuff to make it nicer that's probably our most or second to most common build and then if we decide it's okay to go after you know you know change the drivetrain change the power plant which is pretty practical in lots of cases the cummins are 2.8 i think we've installed somewhere around 25 of them we love the product and we do I mean, I, 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 half our build schedule has that engine, whether it's a full restoration or just an engine swap. And then the occasional um, 5.3 or 6.2 LS3, um, you know, it swap goes out. It used to be our bread and butter. We did, we've done over 190 V8 swaps over the years. But uh, now I kind of try to talk people out of them
2: would you consider the new ford diesel or like the uh the baby duramax the three liter
0: yeah i'll consider anything that 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 the company will get behind me and you know and help support but i am kind of a loyal guy right like i like to get build relationships with companies and then keep them i've had requests for you know hybrid two liters and all kinds of things like that and what I what I when I when I think about putting an engine in, I think about how long am I going to own, own this thing after it's done, right? And because we sort of keep, like I feel like we kind of lifetime own the the uh, the comebacks on all of these vehicles because they're so expensive, and you would better be able to count on our engineering and the choices that we've made in building it to really last for you. So you know, even though we have a you know on paper it's a one year warranty, I mean we extend. That way, way, way into the future in things like this that are so high custom or highly custom. So I just want to make sure that whatever we're doing, you know, is going to be something that I can can stand behind later. So I got to have the relationship with the with the company.
2: Gotcha. And that and and we know because we've talked to Steve Sanders, who's on in charge of the uh, the crate engine program over at Cummins, and they (laughs) They they are that company obviously that stand behind that program so that's I understand why you've made that decision. Flipping the script really quick here. Can you give because we've got a lot of listeners, me included, that don't know much about Land Cruisers and don't know which are the expensive ones versus the ones that are easier to find on you know on an Auto Trader or well, Craigslist or somewhere.
1: And FJ40 was built from '60 to '84. Although in Brazil they were '68 to yep. 2001. So what's the difference between a 60s FJ40 yep. and an 80s FJ40? Yeah, because
2: what caught my attention, um, Jeremiah, is when you said that one of them was taboo to touch and it would cut, if you messed with it, it would cut its you know its price in half.
0: So I can I can definitely help with that. So FJ40s look a lot alike, right, from just like you said, at 1960 to 1984. As a matter of fact, a lot of the parts are interchangeable. You could bolt at the hard top, doors, hood, fenders, front clip, from a 1964 FJ40 right on to a 1984 FJ40. For that reason, you know, it's kind of hard to tell the difference. But they did make, make three really big technological jumps, each time becoming more drivable, more practical, safer, more comfortable. So um, old is old. And if you got something that's really holding in great shape, that might be taboo. Um, you know, like a... Like 61 or two or three or four fj40 but the actually the newer ones are the ones that are more desirable so the first big jump that they took was in 1976 in 1976 and fj 40 came from the tree with a 2f engine which was the 4.2 liter better engine the same engine they ran in land cruisers all the way up to 1987. it came with a four-speed transmission that disc brakes in the front and bucket seats and, and a rear door configuration that they called the ambulance doors that allowed for pretty easy passenger ingress and egress. You know, and there was a lot of other refinements too. The water, the wiper motor was on the bottom of the windshield, which makes a little bit more sense than on the top. The doors had door panels, and um, they were thicker. They provided more sound and, and you know barrier and insulation. And so there was a lot of things that happened in 1976. that made a 1976 and newer F240 kind of the one to have and if you were gonna if you said jeremiah what year fj40 could i buy and keep completely stuck and use as a practical daily driver it'd be i would the first thing i would say is 76 and newer that's your go-to because before that no disc brakes three speed mission the older f engine you know not as good then in 70 in 1979 they made another jump they changed body manufacturers and they put the gas tank probably the biggest structural difference to the body is they move the gas tank under the car instead of under the passenger seat inside. That's also when they switched to that square bezel. So some more Land Cruiser um, lingo. The bezel is the thing that is the white part that goes around the headlights. The thing that it mounts to is the bib, but the bezel 79 and newer is more square on the edges.
1: Yeah. It's the, it's the face of, of the FJ40. And if you've ever seen one, uh, Jeeps have their, their, you know, iconic seven slot grill and yep. on FJs, seven they, slots. yeah, FJs typically have that white oval with the headlights and the little grill in the middle that says Toyota and the later ones that sort of like, uh, it, it almost looks like the size of uh, the side of a, uh, like excavator tracks. Right. And then on the later ones, they're squared off instead of rounded around the edges. And that's one of the ways that, that you can tell the age.
0: Yep. Yep. Seventy. So seventy nine and newer had the square bezel, and they also had different wheels. They had white spoke wheels instead of the old uh, gray wheels with hubcaps. But but they changed changed very little about the drivetrain. They they went to three seventy threes. Actually, not until nineteen eighty. They changed the transfer case to a split case like an FJ sixty had. Um, same engine two F. But they added the um, the uh, options of power steering and air conditioning. So if you got one in 79 and newer that had power steering and air conditioning for the factory, then that's sort of the creme de la creme, the one that you want to drive most possible to, you know, be comfortable as a daily driver in full stock form. And for that reason, those are the ones that are the most taboo to modify because they really ought to be, and you know, they also were selling fewer and fewer of them each year. So they're rarer as they get newer. And those are the ones that you kind of really need to think about keeping Closer to stock, 83, 1983 being the last year of the FD forty in the United States. Although I've heard rumors that a few eighty fours made it in, uh, but the eighty three, um, you know, that's the holy grail, right? An eighty three, with factory power steering and air, is uh, you know, is the one you want. This might be one, it, one of those you, rare. And, t- and I think,
1: as I was say, this might be one of those rare opportunities or, or times, I guess, rather than opportunity. Where the newer version of the vintage vehicle is more expensive than the vintage version <laughs> yeah, you know, of that I vehicle. I haven't heard that. Very, very cool. And, and, and backwards
0: from what you yep. might think.
2: Hey, so what is the, what's the horsepower on like a two F engine?
0: 80? No, the, no, 180. Oh, really? Some of the newer ones, 165. So they had, the, the early F was the, the, there was a 125, a 135, a 155 um, horsepower, uh 165 and a 2F, um, and almost 180 horsepower in the newest 2Fs.
1: Figured they would be a lot more feeble than that. <laughs> no, they're, they they're awesome. Okay. Yeah. If you've been a, if you've
2: yeah, had a chance to well, drive I
0: mean, it's a respectable size. I mean, I, how many requests do you get to?
2: How many requests do you get to drop a 2JZ in there or something?
0: Well, so we all the time. Okay. But the problem is when you get into newer Toyota gasoline engine swaps, the Transmission options and transportation options don't make very much sense. So when, when we have done some um, three fours and four sevens We take it's take a it, it's a can of worms, right using most likely a used or rebuilt engine and of Unknown condition typically and then having to custom wire the whole thing in because there's no there's no support you also have to deal with um, Either having to go with weaker options as far as the transfer case goes or doing crazy stuff with your axles. I mean, the last time we did an FJ45 pickup with a 3.4, um, we took a rear end, flipped it around, turned it, uh, cut the ends of it off, the welded knuckles on it, turned it into a, a, a um, left-hand drop front end. So if you know Toyotas, the front ends are always right-hand drop on the vintage ones. So we had to make a custom left-hand drop front end so that we could have – the transfer case, you know, the drive shaft on the correct side for the front end. And so we just don't do as many because of the, you know, the complications that it brings into the build.
1: All right. I've got to ask you your, and you and I kind of had a little bit of this conversation offline, your favorite cruiser of all time and why, and you have a particular one that you really love.
0: So we all, we want what we don't have, what we can't get, right? I mean, always. So, my favorite Land Cruiser has always been the 70 series pickup, um, HZJ79, although they make them in. Do you guys know what the letters are in Land Cruisers? Just to take a quick side mm, No. travel trip. Well, Holman might, yes. Okay. So the, the first letter is the engine. It's an engine designation. So every Land Cruiser sold in the United States up through 1997 was an FJ something. And, and then they named the FJ Cruiser. They, they kept the F. So the F means six-cylinder gas engine. And then um, in 98, they started the 100 series, and that was a UZJ-100. And the new 200 series, the Toyota is discontinuing here. Oh, on them. It's, yeah. Yep. It's is a, is a UZJ-200, but the U is V8 gas. So we never got a diesel here, um, and we didn't get – There's a lot of options that we didn't get here. But in other countries, you can get a a BJ40 or a BJ60 or a BJ70, and the B meant four-cylinder diesel. Or you could get an HJ something, and the H meant six-cylinder diesel. Or you could get a VDJ something, and the V meant v diesel. And then there's even a crazy, absurd PZJ, um, designation, which was a five-cylinder Toyota diesel. So that's what the letters mean. So my, my favorite Land Cruiser is a 70 Series, just because we can't get them here. Um, you could get, and then specifically the trucks, which were 79s, They not 1979, but something J79. And you could get a GRJ79 or an HJ79 or a VDJ79. But mine, uh, my favorite vehicle is a is an hj J79, which is a straight six diesel, naturally aspirated um, truck that you can still buy to this day. They've made almost no changes from um, 1984 until now in the body. The bed is is virtually the same. The doors are virtually the same. And I say virtually; they're exactly the same. Um, the only thing they changed is the front clip uh, to introduce. Um, let's see, in 2011 to introduce the. Well, they came out with the engine in 2011, but they came out with the front clip design in 2007 so that they could accommodate a bigger engine someday. But other than that, the trucks are almost exactly the same. And I have one that I bought in Nicaragua that is uh, an HDJ79 uh, pickup. It's like my pride and joy. So that's my favorite Land Cruiser for sure.
1: And and that thing is is beautiful. We'll uh, we'll attach a picture of it to... uh... To our, our show notes, uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, because a lot of people, probably including Lightning, don't remember that there was something in the uh, in the world called a Toyota Mega Cruiser. And the Mega Cruiser is, I think if you...
0: <laughs> that is Atlas, our one and a half year old new baby boy. Oh, wow. Not wanting to uh, go to bed. Yeah.
2: That That is a... Wait a minute. First off, his name is Atlas Prophet.
1: That's yeah. that's a way cooler name than anybody that's has crazy. anywhere. <laughs> there is no
2: way to top the name no, Atlas Profit Jeremiah's family. Yeah,
1: great great family name. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh yeah. Well, so you start with Profit. Sure. All right. So well, going going back to the Mega Cruiser, it was basically Japan's answer to the Hummer H one, and it was actually bigger than a Hummer H one. It was sixteen inches longer, seven inches taller, and it was about the same width, about an inch or so narrower. And uh had a uh, what they called a two-meter-wide cargo area with (laughs) 1,323 pounds of load capacity. And they were very cool. Came with 37s, turning rates of just 18.4 feet. Have Um, you ever seen one
2: on the road? Because I have Four wheel, Four-wheel steering.
1: Four-wheel steering. Four-wheel steering. Yeah, they were amazing. Double wishbone suspension all the way around. And how many of them are in the U.S., did you say? Well, we didn't say. And Jeremiah may have brought... Five of the first ones to be in the United States over, in pieces. We should and, talk wait, about that. In what kind of pieces?
0: <laughs> lot, lot, lots of, lots of pieces, <laughs> like a Lego set with no instructions.
2: So wait, that's like you—you uh, you go, you go to Switzerland and you're not allowed to bring. You don't want to pay the tariffs on a Rolex, so you just take all the links apart and you put it in different bags. One in one link in a sock over here, and that's what you do.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> more or less. You split them up. Split them up in different shipping containers and bring them in as parts, right? And and some of them are are were for parts. Um, they have great drivetrains. So, so we, the, the Mega Cruiser is sort of an unofficial. Well, Toyota calls them that, but they're not badged anywhere as Mega Cruisers. They happen to be um, BJ uh, because uh, Cruisers and, and because they have they're actually a a BXD, and I like, can't even remember the number after that because because Toyota didn't put it on anything. But they're four cylinder diesels a great big four cylinder diesel 4.2 liters. And, um, with an automatic transmission, same one that's in the 80 series here in the United States. Um, they made them for the Japanese military. They only made them three years, 96, 97 and 98. And they made a civilian version that I think through Oh two, uh, same chassis, same drivetrain, just a little bit nicer um, exterior finish, different body style. And, uh, if you if you park one of those things next to a hummer the it is the hummer is an engineering disaster I mean <laughs> they're so underbuilt and junky compared it's a sure. you know you, you can't deny it they're over engineered overbuilt four-wheel steering uh, a central tire inflation but only in the rear they've got glad hands and air brakes because every one of them I think would tow some big missile hauling trailer they've got uh, you know like I said double wishbone portal axles, uh, electric lockers, they're a blast. Full th- awesomeness. Um, and,
1: and they only made about 3,000 of them. And according to my research, only 133 of them made it into civilian hands out of those 3,000. How did you find out about these five units and get them over here?
0: So, we, I mean, having been in the Land Cruiser industry for a long time, you just developed friends in different countries, right? And um, usually because you need parts, sometimes because you need somebody to hang out with when you're traveling. And so um, a friend of mine in Japan just ended up with the ability to be able to buy them. There was actually 10 um, that came, that you know, that were sold at some sort of military. So Japan didn't sell their military surplus very often. So most of the ones that were decommissioned from the military were probably crushed. Um, a lot of them made their way to the Philippines because I think they, uh, Japan had a military base in the Philippines that had a bunch of them there um, at the time when you know they commissioned them at about 80,000 kilometers right, to kick everything out. So these 10 uh, made it in the hands of somebody who would sell them. Um, before I could scrounge up the cash for all 10 of them, five of them had sold and went to Canada. We got the other five. And we've done some pretty cool things with them.
2: And are when you say you've done cool things to them, does that mean you've still got all five or you sold them or what's the status?
0: No. Um, so, yeah. So one is a tour vehicle. I mean, you have to be, you have to do, it's, it's easier to take them and use the parts from them in other projects to be able to enjoy the technology without them being too gray marked, right? So um, we've built a couple of super custom projects using the, you know, suspension, steering, drivetrain, and then um, a couple of them may have been sort of restored to be just <laughs> examples, right? Of of the mega cruisers. He did. He, right. did, did, he there, did you see the air quotes? That's, that's he good.
1: said restore. They're in the air uh, Prophets Resurrection Cruisers Museum mm-hmm. in the corner behind those stanchions where it says, "Please do not touch." On that little white card, <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> Are you aware of any others in the country?
0: Yeah, so a guy pretty recently brought in a handful of them, uh, one of those importers, and brought in a handful of them from, and we're selling them. I think he even sold a couple of them on
1: eBay. Yeah, and I think uh, this year they're so, good to go if you uh, want to go through the uh, legwork of registering one for the street. Two well, years. The, I think oh. two years. So
0: that, And then also, you know, 96, 97, 98, right? So the first one's 25 years. I can't do
1: the math. Twenty twenty minus nineteen ninety six is uh, twenty four years. So yeah, so uh, I think the st- production started in late ninety five. So I think just now, if you've got an early, yep. um, early, early one from late ninety five, you're good to go. And over the next three years, you can is grandpa that, the is, rest of it. But is that
2: is that California? Is that no you, nationwide federal that's EPA? Yeah. Okay. yeah, that's
1: good on uh, gray market because twenty five. Dot. US. Who is
2: that? Like, what's the governing body over that? It's mm. not. It's not the EPA. It's not emissions, right? Is it? Who is that? It's not DOT. It's, it's the
0: DOT, and we can, think, we can thank Mercedes for that, for lobbying them to get—well, it's a federal It's a federal body that limits it. I don't think it's DOT. is not federal.
1: Right. That's why—so what is the body? that we, we need to figure that out. Maybe there is none, and we've all been perpetuating this rumor for years, and it turns out we can do it anyway. I think huh. it is at EPA. We just do whatever
0: we want. Is it EPA? Cause or it's, it's, it's NHTSA.
1: It might be NHTSA because of, Well, EPA uh,
0: has their regulations for sure. Right. It's two, there's two hurdles you'd have to jump through. One of them would be to make the vehicle, um, you know, any vehicle um, emissions compliant, which there's no program for. Um, and then the other would be to make the vehicle safe for federal safety standards. So whoever's in charge of seat belts and impact protection, that's that's the other body.
2: And what do you do for some of these older uh, Land Cruisers that don't well, I guess they all in this year range would all have. Uh, seatbelts and such, correct? And I know, I mean, in a lot of your builds, you're doing roll cages. Well, it depends if you got a civilian one or a military
1: one, because a BXD-10, by the way, a BXD-10 I think is way better looking than a BXD-20. The grill's way better. It's more military looking. Uh, It's got these big, like, uh, X's in the doors, you know, for strength, because the doors are are pretty thin. But the inside of a BXD-20 is super badass and way nicer than any uh, H-1 that was ever made.
0: Yeah, because they were making them for—I mean, that's a luxury liner for the Japanese market. And now all of the civilian mega cruisers are in the Middle East. They're all in UAE and Saudi.
1: I'm not surprised. I, I, I'm not surprised by that at all. That's that, where they went. Yeah. That was the baller. car. Everyone were, that pops up. I think they were yeah. went when they were new in the '90s in Japan, the equivalent of like $90,000. So I mean, that was a that was a baller <laughs> car back then. Wow. Hey, Jeremiah, one thing that we didn't cover
2: is is you, you make a lot of custom parts, obviously. So the bumpers, roll cages, I mean, whatever is necessary to get these uh, you know restorations done. But am I a moron? Well, don't answer. I was almost going to say. I was going to say am I a moron. No,
1: no. That's well, what you were about to say. I don't
2: see a tab. You are asking the universe if you were a moron. Well, we all know that I am. But I don't see the tab on resurrectionlandcruisers.com where I can buy
0: bumpers. Yeah, I get so many requests. So uh, the the real answer is we we have developed a lot of really cool solutions to problems in building these old vehicles over the years. And we keep improving on those. The problem is our schedule just doesn't allow for us to be able to build custom parts. We have 18 guys. We have three fabricators, right? All of that kind of stuff is custom fabricated And those guys are the busiest people in the shop. Because there's literally custom things that they have to make everything, plus mounting all the drivetrains, making all the custom brackets for everything. And if I threw a, hey, Alex, you know, I need you to build me a front bumper, like that customer would have to wait six months before he had the time. Yeah, but Jeremiah, but hold up,
2: but time out for a second. You've already made a jig for that bumper, right? So that jig exists, I would hope, and you could – Farm that jig out to a fab shop down the street, or you've got a CAD file, or you've 3D scanned it, or something from this century, and you could have a fab shop up the street and make them for you. Yeah, but then
1: where's the then specialness he, it, of the no, uniqueness no, no, of the bump? No, he's making but, a bespoke FJ with parts that you are readily available. No, no, everywhere. but hold on a second. I can if I want a if I want a, a, he's a resurrection. Gonna t- he's going to tell you no. You buy the whole I thing. I don't
2: want him to tell me no. Like, well, it's too what bad. I'm That's not is, his – you don't get to dictate his business model. I can – I should be able to buy a piece of it. No. No? No. Because he's making a complete So he's saying vehicle. if you don't have 30-plus grand to even walk in the door, get out, right? No, I'm saying I I want a piece. Of, I love what he does, but maybe I can't You'll say you need it. a few more piggy banks saved up, son. What if my dad gave me a beautiful old FJ, right? Uh-huh. and I don't have the money to bring it to him to restore. Then he will but say, I can, I'm sorry. But I can,
1: Really? He'll say, I have a customer who will buy that from you for good money because I'm helping him source one. He's not going to loan me the CAD file so I can go no. and have a
0: laser no. guy
2: cut it out, no. and then I can weld it. So what do I do? You go home.
0: <sighs> you guys are – you sound like the argument that I have with myself in my head all the time. <laughs> you guys are the two people sitting on my shoulders. So the, the parts – the, your your points are exactly right. So I want what vehicles we build are very expensive, like a Rolex. You don't want everybody to be able to go out and get you know this the, the exact same band on their Timex. It you know the argument is to is to keep our parts our exclusive parts exclusive to our restorations and that's part of the reason why we don't offer um, you know our uh, specialty parts. But the other reason is and probably the biggest reason. And, and like you guys said at the very beginning, I'm not smart, or I'd be insane. <laughs> so is that we we just don't. I mean, that would require get you know getting somebody to be able to build even our most simple, even our simplest, smallest piece of fabrication, like a speaker mount. Like even getting somebody to do that would require hours and hours and hours of time on my part, hours and hours of time on our office manager's part. Web design, whatever, right? To make that thing available, then packing and shipping. We don't have a single resource for sending anything out in the in the mail or with a shipper. So it's almost like you have to start a whole separate business, a parts business. And then if you're gonna if you're gonna start a parts business to sell a speaker mount, then you better make everything available that you make: roll cages, rock sliders, front and rear bumpers, roof racks, all of that. Get it all out there, and, and that's. I mean, if a speaker mouse is going to take 50 hours, all that other stuff's going to take 1,000 hours. It's just time we don't have.
1: And once again, lightning, you go home empty-handed. Apparently.
2: Well, I had to ask the question because obviously he's got a lot of fans, and not all of them are doctors well, or I,
1: lawyers. Or, I'm telling you, you know. would show up with your, uh, with your cruiser, and he would offer to buy it off you because he has a customer who needs one. Yeah, but I don't. Okay, all right. We're gonna go. This is gonna be circular. <laughs> we'll never get out of this. Okay.
0: Well, I, if I can't, if no, but wait. Last thing, you can't. You can't end it with that because because Land Cruisers are they're not they're they're not a luxury vehicle. They're not meant for the multi-billionaire. They weren't designed that way from Toyota. They need to be owned by everybody like you and me. I can't afford one of our restorations, and so um, we need to. I mean, you know, like the majority of the vehicles need to belong to the people who are going to build themselves, work on them in their garage you know, script and save to get their parts. And so we want to support those people too. I spend lots of time on the phone, giving out free advice, trying to help as much as I can. People who can't afford our trucks.
2: You've got news, you've got a blog in your website, you've got a video series, which is great, Uh, which by the way is really cool. Your, your video series that you did, and I saw the latest one, the red, the red one, you, you had the ambulance doors. Yeah. You got the ambulance doors that you put in. was really cool. Um, The interior was beautiful, but I think that that video series that you do, and thank you for doing that, would serve as great inspiration for thousands of owners. So even if they can't afford your parts, they can get inspiration and build something for themselves.
1: Yeah, you go to uh, YouTube and uh, check out profits with two F's and two T's. Uh, Resurrection Land Cruisers there on YouTube, and then on uh, Instagram it's at Pro Cruiser, which is super simple. Because when I go to your Facebook page, it's at Profits Resurrection Land Cruisers, which is the longest Facebook handle <laughs> ever
2: in the history of time. It's eighty-eight characters. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Well, my gosh. I, I, I feel like we could spend another uh, hour on the phone with you, but we but we shan't. We'll we'll uh, we'll truncate it here. And then we'll we'll find an excuse to have you back on the show. Yeah, I'd
0: love to talk. I could talk about Land Cruisers all day. Ask anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're you're a good man for that
1: job, and uh, we appreciate you making the time because we've had so many people reaching out going, you guys don't do enough Toyota stuff. And it's like, nope. Yeah. I'm going to fix that on this episode. Like I said,
2: Jeremiah's dripping with cred. That's right. Dripping with cred. Dripping. By the way, cred. Did you see that band? That used I, no, they used to.
1: Oh, they they broke up. Oh, yeah. They, they, okay. Yeah,
2: I saw them in San Bernardino at a huge outdoor
1: <laughs> amphitheater. Yeah,
2: the basis though was just a little off time always. So they at that night they weren't dripping. Kind of like cred. the
1: co-host on this show. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Jeremiah, thank you so much, and uh, we will. Uh, we'd love to have you back, and uh, you know, stay in touch. And congrats on the success.
0: Thanks, man. You guys are awesome. This has been super fun.
2: Cool. All right, we'll talk soon. Thank you, Oh man, You know what time it is. Do you know what time it is? I don't know what time it is. It's time for Know Your Note, home. Yeah! Come on now, it's time to take a trip down speedy lane. We're gonna play an exhaust for you, and nope, we're not insane. Well, maybe a little. Know Your Note. Come on and cast your vote. Know Your
3: Note. Get it right and you can gloat. Know Your Note. From room! from room!
2: How many other uh, podcasts have an, accor- uh, an accordion?
1: You mean uh, who else does a polka intro? Mm-hmm. Um, just a polka podcast. Do you think? Is there one? I don't know. We should find it and listen to it. Yeah, This is from Jeremy. That's throaty. That's a V8 for sure. Oh, yeah. It's got a cam. It's lumpy. It's older. It's lumpy? I'm gonna say, yeah, it's a lumpy exhaust note. can oh, okay. lumpy.
0: Blah, 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 blah.
1: No, it's lopy, not lumpy. Oh, it's lumpy. <laughs> lumpy like the damn pillow I can never get to sleep on. But
2: what the 8 and Big what's walk. it in? Yeah?
1: block Chevy. Yeah? yeah. that's angry. I like it.
2: Huh? It's like like an old Borla exhaust or something on there. I don't know.
1: It's got headers, I bet. I'm so, just, I don't know what, what the exhaust setup is, but it, I'm going to go big block Chevy. Big block Chevy. Okay. Like a 454 or something like that. And what's it in, you suppose? Uh, I don't know. It's probably in like a, a C10 or something. Yeah?
2: Is lifted or lowered, you think?
1: Oh, that's lowered. I think so. That's what I'm going with.
2: I'm going to guess there's some primer on this truck.
1: You can tell the <laughs> paint job based on the exhaust note. That's that's quite amazing. <laughs> All right, well, let me open up his
2: email. This is from uh, Jeremy, and he says, Okay, this is my 1993 Chevy K2500 Suburban with a GM Performance 502HO crate engine with a Holley Terminator EFI. JBA long tube headers with 2.5-inch from the collectors back to the custom 2 into 1 Y-pipe with a a 3.5-inch Flowmaster muffler with 3.5-inch tailpipe. We were, uh, we were pretty close on that. Not too bad. He didn't say anything about uh, primer. Oh, what color it is? Yeah. <laughs> the Suburban originally had a 454 with a little over 200,000 miles on the clock. When I blew a head gasket, I decided that a crate engine would be the best route. I didn't really want to deal with rebuilding the stock 454. It's used mainly as a tow rig to haul my 2001 Jeep Grand Cherokee rock crawler on one tons and 37s. I want to
1: hear the exhaust note of on that one. Uh, yeah, that would be cool. But since we can't, can we hear the Suburban again? It doesn't sound like your average suburban, I'll tell you that. Shh. I'm listening.
2: Daddy it. <laughs> oh, that's gross. Don't do that again. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah.
3: All
1: right, on to the next one. Oh, wait. No, no, wait. Uh, Enough of that ear hole filler. Oh, so Oh, that's so good. Well, all right, we, have, all right. we have
2: more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Anyway, so Jeremy says, love the show. Thanks for all the hard work you put into each week for all of us listeners. You're welcome. And the next one appears to be coming in from Takashi Motorsports. Is that how you would pronounce it? Takashi? I don't know. It's spelled T-A- Tekashi. Tekashi? T-A- Q U A C H E to motorsports.
1: Caché. I, I
2: don't. I don't know if it's a Tackle uh, soft. Shit. <laughs> you're just destroying it now. It,
1: well, it almost has tacos in it, so that makes me happy. Oh yeah, that's
2: true. Um, there
1: we go. Uh, this is from uh, from Bryant, who's the managing member. Thank you. Is that a mechanical fuel pump? Uh, it's carbureted for sure. Oh, that's a four-cylinder. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, what is it? Kind of rat
2: sounding. It's not like a Volkswagen thing or something, right? No, no, no. That's a straight four. Okay. Oh yeah, duh. That thing sounds cool.
1: All right. So what's hmm, what's old? Seventies, early eighties pickup truck, four cylinder. What is? There's not that many. Chevy Love. Ford Courier, but I've never heard a Courier sound gnarly like that. Uh,
2: So the first truck that I was ever in when I was a child, Uh I was one and a half or two, was
1: a Datsun pickup. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Mm, I like like your thinking. I I don't. Go to the next email, because he sent us two emails so that we wouldn't know what it was.
2: Okay, hold on, let me find the second one, because I have not seen that. Do you
1: want to listen to it one more time before we open the other email? Oh yeah, let's do that again. Hang tight. No, because I want to listen to it in the context of I think it's an old import now that you've mentioned that. Okay, let's try here. Is that
2: the door opening, or has it got like, uh, I can't imagine why it's so clunky. You mean clanky? Clanky? Well, it's, it sounded like one of those uh, tailgates with the with the chains.
1: so rad. I love it. You hear every cylinder firing. <laughs> All right. So what is it? Yeah. I I
2: I don't know. I th- I'm gonna say Dodson because it's weird, but I don't know. All right. Open it. Uh, hold on. Where's that other email? Know Your Note Part 2, Takachi Motorsports. That sound is the sound of... Ah, ah, no, ah, way. Oh, no, no way. No <laughs> way. Yes! Yes, oh, yes, come yes. on. Come on. That sound is the glorious sound of a 1976 Datsun oh. 620. Uh, from its L20B four-cylinder with a Doug Thorley header and Super Trap
1: muffler. That's awesome. Booyah! All right, all right. Booyah! Good job. Congratulations. <laughs>
2: Happy New Year! Woo-hoo!
1: Congratulations. you earned five stars. going to rule! Is that, is, that, <laughs> yeah. is that your litmus test? Yes. You've got one thing right at the end of 2020. you got to carry awesome. that momentum forward?
2: Oh, hold on. Okay. So he says, I bought the truck off Facebook a few weeks ago and drove all the way to SoCal to pick it up and haul it back to Texas. As a race promoter here in Texas, ooh, we got, ooh, I, apparently we need to talk to him. Yeah. As a race promoter in Texas, I purchased the truck to first make it safe, then to give to someone. Yeah, it's an old desert racing truck. Uh, it was an affordable opportunity to start a desert race. So oh it sorry, it rangs off the page here. Let me scroll over here. Give someone an affordable opportunity to start desert racing here as I do my part to grow the sport. Uh, one of my favorite things about this truck is the awesome body line stamped into the cab door yeah, steel.
1: Love those. There's no other truck that has that. That It's where the bed line extends into the back of the front door. And he says uh, it's, cool. a, it's a blast
2: to drive, and I can't wait to get someone in it, uh, in the dirt. So
1: since you said this was back in August, do you think there's any updates on it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Probably.
1: Oh, I just scrolled down to the photograph Yo, so here. Cool.
2: Oh, my God. There is,
1: except for hey, Brian, the actual body, there's nothing stock ca- on this Call us back. And give us an update on that thing. Also sounds like a four-cylinder. But this is from Kevin. Kevin Flood from Reading UK. Oh, my gosh. So, listening across the pond. So, it could be anything.
2: It could be an American import. It could be Japanese. It could be... Some weird-ass Holden, for all we know. I have no... Well, that would be Australia. No, but I know, but who knows? I have no idea. Because everything ends up in the UK. It's like a smorgasbord for
1: auto, Autotopia. That's true. I did find a uh, raptor there on my last trip. Hmm.
2: Uh, let me open up his email here. You said it from Kevin Flood. Okay. Um, hey, guys. Here's my effort for you to guess. The vehicle can be found here. Love the show. Been listening since the beginning. Five stars. Let me click on the... Here is a hyperlink.
1: All right. So uh, scrolling down here, it looks like that's a uh, Vortec 4.3 liter V6... So, totally wrong. I didn't guess that it was an American. I didn't <laughs> guess that it was a V6. Old uh, old pushrod V6. That 4.3 is awesome because it was basically uh, a Chevy small block V8 with a couple of cylinders lopped off of it. My gosh. And as I'm clicking through this. So clean.
2: He's got uh, like uh, blog posts, like tons of them, talking about his uh, S10 Extreme. This is my Chevy S10 By way, Extreme. Uh, black with uh, silver stripes on mm-hmm. it. And it says, uh, I've had it for a couple of years now, not imported by me, but he purchased through a nice couple in Penzance. I don't even know where that is. Uh, let's see here. I've changed out the Lexus-style lights for a set of LED-based units. Uh, he's, he goes on all kinds of cool detail here. He's buying stuff from LMC Truck. Oh, check this out, Holman. He says, I've got the original invoice for the vehicle, which I obtained via the excellent GM Heritage Center.
1: Oh, very cool. I didn't even know that existed. It's got, uh looks like a Linex bed. It's got... Um I don't know what the wheels are. It's, it's cool, man. That thing's He's really clean. He's got a
2: clean. set of 20s. They're chrome 20s on here. I don't know what they are either. Wow. So thank you very much for sending that in. Oh, it came with 16-inch aluminum wheels, and he must have upgraded to yeah, the 20s. Yeah, yeah. Those aren't factory 20s, wheels right. at all.
1: All right, Lightning. I've dug deep into the archives, mm-hmm. way deep, and I found one from over a year ago that I don't think we ever played. So uh, <laughs> How did we miss it? I have no idea. Because we're not thorough. Maybe. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Play this one. Hey, Lightning and Holman, this is a
3: uh, know your notes sound for you. That
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: was a four cylinder. Yeah. Was that it? All right. Hopefully. Wait,
2: wait, 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 wait. Hold on. So let's listen to that again before he spoils it. Hang tight. Let me back rewind just a hair. It was, it was just like a brrm, 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 and that was it. Yeah. Okay.
1: But on. I heard it. I was happy yeah, to hear it. No, I
2: heard it one more time. Uh, that's just too damn short. One more time.
1: <laughs> it sounds fun, whatever it, sounds it is. Like three cylinder or something. Uh, yeah, uh, I go three and a half. I don't I have no idea. It's a four cylinder with something. done. I don't. It's a Citroen. <laughs> no, it's Peugeot. No, it's some sort of uh, Japanese something. Yeah, of course it is. All right, we'll keep playing. See if it okay, tells us. Okay, I, I
2: don't have. A, I don't have the faintest clue.
1: All right, hopefully that sounds all right over the voicemail. Um, this is a 87 Samurai with a glass pack <laughs> on it. So it's our uh, fun little cheap toy. It's sitting on 33s. Yeah. And it's got a spring over axle lift and a few other little goodies, but it's a rusty little pile to knock around in the woods. So hope you enjoy it. Bye.
2: Fantastic. Uh, totally enjoyed that. A An
1: 87 Samurai with a glass pack sitting <laughs> on 33s. That is just perfect. No, no, you forgot the best part. What's that? A rusty little pile to knock around in the woods. In the woods yes. <laughs> Lightning, Holman, I've got one for you. Know your notes. And yes, I did turn my Bluetooth off. Here we go. Diesel. That's a power stroke. Yeah. I can tell by the Ford starter noise. Was that it? Kind of far away. Let me try it again. Hold yeah. on. Let's hear one more time. It's tough. I'm, I'm going six zero. Six zero. They sound the same, except six zero has that more of a like a more whimsical uh, woo at the top end, right. like our friend who did the uh, the, the the sounds, yeah, cool. like uh, like Matthew Glunt. Yeah, we should ask him. But IMG right. on the beat. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go six
2: six zero. Six zero. Okay, let's see if he says.
1: If you guys couldn't easily guess that, it's my 3 F 350 three fifty six zero the the orange exhaust. You
2: guys have a wonderful afternoon and five stars. <laughs> five star review!
1: Five stars. And that was from uh, Lance Jackson from Grants Pass, Oregon. So uh thanks, Lance. Appreciate you sending in your uh, know your note. Know
2: your notes. Room vroom! Room vroom vroom vroom, vroom vroom
1: vroom Dude, I think we did all right. Yeah, I think we did okay. So if you want to participate in know your note and have us guess what your setup is, what your engine, your exhaust is please send us a sound file to truckshowpodcast at gmail.com or use the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. Five-star. Five-star.
2: Five-star. Hotline. Now, my friend, it's time for Jason Garnerman to talk about uh, his F-150 with superhero skills. <laughs> I believe
1: this would be uh, called a truck review.
2: Ah. Truck Review. truck nuts. Jason, whatever you were driving, was it Dragon truck nuts?
3: It hey, most definitely was not Dragon truck nuts. Oh, okay. No, it. was
1: it Dragon? Yeah. Uh, was it dragon a big old hunkin' trailer?
3: Um, yes, it was. Matter, wasn't it?
1: So we've had a bunch of uh, listeners emailing us asking about the 2021 F-150, and in particular, the new F-150 hybrid with Power Boost. And I said, well. I haven't driven it, so I can't speak intelligently about it. But I know who has, and so I said, "Let's uh, let's give old Jason Gondomino a call. power
2: boost." Is what the GI Joe figures, action figures, used to have when you press their back and they would punch and it right. Is that right. different than the that... Kung Fu grip? Yeah, it's different.
1: Oh. Yeah, that power, power boost. Does the F one fifty have Kung Fu grip?
3: I, you know, I'm I'm not sure it does. No, <laughs> but what it does have is a whole lot of um, everything else.
2: Well, what is Power Boost, and why do we care?
3: And also,
1: what is the 21 F-150, and why do we care?
3: Well, we'll start with what is the 21 F-150, and why do we care? Uh, What seems like a mild refresh is actually an almost completely redo of Ford's best-selling vehicle. They've changed more than 90% of the exterior sheet metal, updated almost every drivetrain in it, has a whole new interior with a massive 12-inch center screen, and the hybrid is the centerpiece of the whole thing. That's the new Power Boost.
1: And now that is going to be different than the upcoming electric F-150. This is still gas and electric paired together. What makes Power Boost so uh, exceptional? And how does it work? And how did you
3: like it? So the Power Boost, what makes it special is that it is the it has the most torque of any gasoline F-150 ever produced.
2: Wait, so wait, wait, what?
3: Worked, yep, yep. So Ford has combined the 3.5-liter EcoBoost V6 with an electric motor and has rated the truck at 570 pound-feet of torque, which means it'll do 0 to 60 miles per hour in 5.3 seconds. Wow. it quarter mile in 13.8 at 102, which is just shy of the Raptor.
1: 102?
3: That's a, very quick.
1: That's pretty impressive. Most of the full-size trucks uh, in the – Quarter to about 98, 99. A lot of them have fuel cutoff at ninety nine as well, and um, one hundred and two. That's do we know well, what the uh, rev, what the
3: uh, speed limiter is on it? Uh, unofficially, no.
1: <laughs> and
2: it's... what does it feel like to drive? And where is this motor located? And have
3: you seen it? So the motor is located inside of the transmission. It works like a, a typical battery electric hybrid, where the drivetrain is is a typical um, gasoline engine with a a transmission behind it. There's no electric motors at the wheels. There's nothing funky like a battery electric would have. So it has a small one-and-a-half-kilowatt battery that powers the the whole unit. It's very seamless, and that's what makes it so great, is that it's really one of the best F-150s I've ever driven, and I've heard that from a lot of people, because you don't even notice that it's a hybrid. The truck just drives, and it drives well.
1: And so it's not giving any of those weird, like you can catch it in between swapping modes or a a driveline slop or any of that stuff. Because I know you and I have been in competing vehicles that have had hybrid um, uh, attempts, if you will. And there's things that you can do while driving to confuse the powertrain where you can kind of catch it off guard.
2: Or, Or anything auditory? Are you hearing any kind of the...
3: Yeah, in the short time that I was able to drive the truck, none of that happened. It was no different than driving a a regular F-150 pickup with a ton of power. And that was what made it so great, is that there was really no way of knowing that it was in electric drive mode unless you were really paying attention to the screens inside the truck. When it's cruising at really low speed, it hums and beeps, but that's all added after the fact because of the government restrictions on these things.
1: Oh, because it's so quiet. It needs to have noise so pedestrians (laughs) don't walk into it. Yep. <laughs> so it can't it can't prowl like a panther in a parking lot and sneak up on you.
3: Nope, no, but it's, it's a very annoying buzzing panther.
1: Oh, so is it is it like does it sound like a UFO or is it space age
3: or is it just annoying? It's just annoying. They, they could have made it cool like the Jetsons will but it's it's just
1: annoying. Yeah, right. Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, well, I would, it was, then it would easy. have to
2: have that little puff of smoke that comes out the back, like the little. Boop, 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 boop. It doesn't
1: need to have that. <laughs> I, it should, if it sounded like the Jetsons. <laughs> it's, it's anti-emissions. This sounds like it, that would be adding em- emissions.
2: And the twelve-inch screen on this thing, uh, the the industry is all going in this direction. You've got to uh,
1: bring, you gotta out, bring out your s- Tesla, Tesla. Yeah, you got to bring your uh, screen game.
3: Yeah, pretty much. Unlike the Tesla and the Ram, this is a twelve-inch horizontal screen. But it's still very large.
1: So landscape instead of portrait. Now, uh, I understand that the F-150 Hybrid also adds some really cool features that are only available on the electrified model and because of the electrification. So it's got an inverter for powering all sorts of stuff. Do you know what the specs are on that?
3: I do. And, and you're mostly right. The Pro power onboard system is available on the normal gasoline-powered trucks as well, but only in 2 kilowatt. So once you bump up to the power boost, you can option that onboard generator up to either 2.4 kilowatts or 7.4 kilowatts. Dang, 7. That's a lot. So the 7.4 kilowatts, to put it in perspective, is enough to run 28 refrigerators at the same time.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, that's a lot of refrigerators. (laughs) Yeah, That's at least 24
3: more than I need. Mm -hmm. It's a really weird spec, but it, it kind of shows the amount of power that this thing could do. They would do that for 32 hours on a tank of fuel.
1: So Jason's also a Dr. Pepper connoisseur, and I'm thinking, damn, that's a lot of cold Dr. Pepper. By one camping trip, you could do it. I would be good. I would put six fridges in the back of a <laughs> F-150. A long bed would be eight fridges. Wait, what fridges are you talking about? A full a kitchen size- fridges? Yeah. Plug them all
3: in. Yeah, full-size kitchen fridge.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you're saying just pull a trailer behind you with all the fridges? No, put a payload. What's the payload on the new F-150? How many fridges can I hold?
3: Oh, man. <laughs> was a fridge Good question. <laughs> Good point.
2: Yeah, I
1: don't know. 300 pounds? I don't know. A lot? Like that, yeah. Depends how full of Dr. Pepper it is. <laughs> a lot fewer fridges. So is the hybrid F-150 capable of making that 570 f- pound-feet of torque all the time, or is it only during certain driving conditions?
2: And can it pull a freight train?
3: I don't know if it'll pull a freight train. That was that the electric F-150 prototype, but it will tow more than 12,000 pounds, which is still an impressive amount of weight, and yes, it makes that 570-pound beat all the time. It's not some weird one-off at a low RPM or a certain mode. That is the rating.
2: So it's not a single-cab, dually, short box Definitely not with, an with, it, with, 15, with, with a gooseneck. No.
3: The Power <laughs> Boost Hybrid is only available as a pre-cab, and you can get it in two-wheel, four-wheel drive, and in its level, from XL all the way up to Limited.
1: All right, one more question. That's all you got his will fine. Well, I'm just – I'm trying to – I'm formulating my thoughts. So one of the things that I – it's not a knock on the F-150. I mean, it kind of is. Ford likes to, you know, quote, really massive uh, trailer towing capability for its class. And I've never been comfortable personally towing more than 10,000 pounds with an F-150 because I feel like when they went to the aluminum body, they're too light. And you can really feel the trailers I was going to say, on the at truck.
2: what point does the trailer wag the... Uh, right, the, but what the, I was going to tail wag the dog.
1: With batteries and an electric motor, is the curb weight uh, any heavier with the uh, hybrid F-150?
3: It's really not, because with the, the battery pack's only a one and a half kilowatt, so you're talking 40 pounds. It's a very small amount of weight that's added to the truck.
1: Okay. And what size trailer were you towing when you had a chance to tow?
3: Embarrassingly small.
2: <laughs> was that like that little tiny U-Haul that uh, you
3: could yeah, put behind a the Honda? single axle. <laughs> yeah, the, the ski boat, but same difference. It probably weighed about 8,000 pounds. They didn't really load it up for us.
2: All right. Uh, that's Well, uh, that's an average load. Yeah, that somebody would it pull the average version. A, you yeah. know, a little Teague ski boat or something?
3: Yeah. Yeah, which the truck does respectably well. You don't even know it's there.
1: All right. Uh, would you spend your own money on one?
3: Yes, I would. Okay. Is the warranty any better? The warranty is the same as... As a normal F-150.
1: Will Ford mechanics know what to do when they see one
3: come in? Oh, not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Would you modify one? Yeah, I don't see why not. Because okay. it, at its core, it's still just an F-150. The difference in the power boost and an eco boost lie in the transmission and the battery pack. So every other piece of it is still F-150.
1: So I wonder if you could get away, and it's got the 10-speed, I'm guessing, so I'm wondering It if, does. Okay if you could get away with uh re you know not re-gearing if you're doing like 35s or something like that
3: i, I would say so for sure because the the torque is just immense hmm. it's really impressive
1: all right well, I wasn't in before but I'm definitely curious now well i I haven't seen it yet because if it's basically
2: all reskinned how much different does it look
1: no it looks it, it's, it looks like a truck with a new front clip and a new back end but everything else And the interior is interior's all, all new they actually have a, a this, I like this because I drive cross-country so much. Um, a driver's seat that will lay flat into the back seat so that you can... At a rest stop, sl- at, you can sleep. You can sleep, exactly. I don't recall ever seeing that. Unless you have your suitcase behind you like I normally do, and then you go to recline, you go, damn it, and you got to get out and move your Louis. suitcase to the other side. No, but you're
2: still so happy to get back in the front seat and lay back? Yeah. Oh did you gosh. try that
1: feature out, Jason? Were you able to take a nap in the new F-150? I
3: did, and it's the driver and front passenger seats. Both of them can lay flat, and they're actually surprisingly comfortable. It's
1: so funny. He
2: lays back and the someone from Ford walks up and goes, <laughs>
1: dude, what is this? Sir, you're
3: running out of time.
2: It's not a tent, dude. Don't camp out in here.
3: The truck's occupied. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, my friend. Well, uh, thanks for- uh, Wait, wait, wait. What? Pricing. Does he have any pricing? Jason? I do.
3: Would you like to know it?
2: Nah. No, I am just asking. <laughs> yes, I want to know what it's going for. I mean, how much does that uh, does power boost, that G.I. Joe power boost, add to?
3: So Ford prices it in a weird way. It's not a straightforward price. The way they list things is if you are shopping for, say, an XL truck with a 3.3 3 liter V6, the power boost is a $4,500 jump to Ooh. go up to that. But if you're in the market for a higher trim, say a Limited or a Platinum, and it has the 2.7 EcoBoost already, then it's only an $1,100 jump. So it really varies depending on the truck you're in, but the average is going to be about $2,000 more than either a 3.5 EcoBoost or a 5 liter across the trim line. So really not very expensive for what you get.
1: But I can still get a 5 liter if I want to.
3: You can. More power for 2021.
1: All right. Well, that was a uh, truck review. Yes, it was. Truck review. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Truck nuts!
2: And Jason, next time you uh, do one of these ride and drives, you need to take a set of chrome truck nuts and bolt it on the back, and go. I'm not reviewing the truck for the magazine. I'm not reviewing. That's the
1: what we need to do. Until... Until... We need to make Truck Show Podcast truck nuts.
3: We yes, do. You, you do. And yeah. you know what? No, <laughs> you need to brand them. I
1: got it. I got it. Oh, the Truck Show Podcast. Wait, truck wait, wait, of the wait, year.
3: Wait, wait. Yeah. Wait. 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 Wait.
1: All right, here's what we do. We have the Truck Show Podcast Truck of the Year Award, and it's a set of branded truck nuts. All right, thanks, Jason. You the best. All right, (laughs) bye. (laughs) Bye.
2: As we enter the new year twenty twenty one, I want to pre thank everyone for leaving their five star review uh, for showing their support, for our hard work, making you uh, more informed about the truck world and uh, hopefully putting a smile on
1: your face. I like buying thank a gift you card. guys. Thank you. Yes, it's like I'm paying it forward. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was looking back to uh, some of our reviews from a year ago. uh-huh, and uh, this is one of my favorite ones. One star. Thanks. I hate it.
2: <laughs> oh that hurts like, What? I don't even have a jingle oh. for that one oh. and this other guy one star
1: one star wow this show's gone down I used to like this podcast but they really dropped off <laughs> that was from Jasanya Grace no wait a minute why Do are you, you reading oh, it's because what? I want to know like did they stick with us are they still in the audience no they're gone no what I'm hoping is that they hear us talking now and they forgot they left us a crappy review and they circled back to leave us a good one but we like, haven't gotten any better. Sh- yes, we have. <laughs> God, we have 837. I mean,
2: people yeah. that will disagree
1: with you. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty.
2: It's pretty amazing.
0: You must be out of your mind. No,
2: I'm doing like it's. We're doing.
1: We're better now. How about this from House 2174, mm-hmm. best podcast about trucks and Mini Coopers. <laughs> no, not a gong. <laughs> oh no. Clearly, this person has discerning taste uh-huh. and is a listener of the show. Uh, Holbrad and Limburger have a drug show podcast <laughs> on lockdown. Oh, yeah? From industry professionals to automotive celebrities, there's not a miss in the catalog. Keep up the awesome content and... Five, five stars! stars! Five stars. Five stars. Five stars.
3: Five. stars. Five. 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 five
2: stars. Five stars. Right, right back at you, brother. Oh! Yeah! <laughs> For you guys that haven't listened to previous podcasts, Holman has been unable to time where the guy says right back at, your yes. so, you at you, brother." Yes,
1: you have a Know Your note win. I have a, a stupid you, jingle win. You got a W on the board, what my friend. Both of us do. We're going Woo. into we're going into twenty one unscathed. Woo! <laughs> All right, you got any more? I got this one. Uh, I just, you know because I want I want people to mm-hmm. I, I want them to get excited again about leaving us uh, reviews, dude. They mean a lot to us. Please, how about the this? Show one? Is free to the you. The funnier the better. How about uh-huh. this one from a year ago? Okay. These guys are hilarious. Holman and Lightning, also in the correct order, are knowledgeable. No, it's oh. Lightning and Holman. Are know- Says it on the t-shirt. Are knowledgeable, but all By the way, you made the t-shirts. Right. <laughs> all right, Holman and Lightning are knowledgeable, but also total man-children in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. buddy. Mhm. I mean, there's just there's so many good ones in here. People that said they love us? People that said we have awesome chemistry? People that say we knock it out of the park every single week. That came from PDX number 2 from Hunter776. Great podcast. This show varies between a morning zoo-type feel to getting deep information, heavy conversation about trucks of all types. The hosts are a guy who obviously has a DJ background but loves and is extremely knowledgeable about trucks. And the other guy... Who's the other guy? (laughs) (laughs) Is a longtime professional, that's debatable, Mm. uh, vehicle truck journalist who happens to be very comfortable in front of a microphone. They are perfectly complimentary personalities and the talk may go from eighth grade humor to a deep dive on active versus passive suspension decisions when designing a modern truck within a matter of minutes. Many of the movers and shakers in the manufacturer and aftermarket industry have come on as guests and give valuable insight and, all in all, what can I say but... Five stars! So come on, guys. Leave us some love on uh, the Apple Podcast app and uh, keep those five stars coming. We're at 837. I'm going – I'm looking at – so I've been doing an Excel chart, right? You know how you tell Excel documents, spreadsheets? Yeah. You can turn them into visual, like, graphs. Mm -hmm. Do you prefer Excel or uh, Google Docs? No, they also – Like Sheets. Uh, And so you can make that graph. And I have two lines. I have the line of when I think the stupid COVID is going to end, mm-hmm. and the line of when we're going to reach a thousand reviews. So, what's the uh, the and suckage they're... line of demarcation? Well, there. I feel like at the same time COVID ends is about uh-huh. the same time we'll have a thousand reviews. We're throwing a party. That's going to be it. Party! We're going to party like it's twenty twenty one. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. Uh, well, thank you guys for uh, leaving your five star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. We greatly appreciate it. It helps us get the word out, as Holman said. Did you say that? Maybe you didn't. I wasn't paying attention. I, I don't
1: know what I say anymore. Okay. I think this is a. Uh, is this our last episode before the new year? Or are we going to sneak in a little wink, wink, bonus episode? Um. Yeah. Let's
2: uh, let's do a little. Let's
1: do a little something-something. All right. You know what I'm saying? Can we wish everybody a happy new year in case we don't follow through? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, uh, we're going to be headed into uh, our fourth year of the podcast soon. Thanks for all of you who uh, are OGs and have stuck around with us. Also, thanks for everybody who has found the show and went back to number one to uh, listen to our insanity. Um, You guys probably know more about us than we know about ourselves because every time we do one of these, it's, what did we do last week? So, uh on behalf of myself and Lightning, mm-hmm. thank you so much for supporting the, uh, supporting the show. We love our listeners. We love doing this for you guys. We always try our hardest to get you a show every week, and we just want to say thank you and uh, wish everybody an amazing beginning of 2021 when we see you again. You have listened despite the fact that we've had the suckage needle just pinned. Oh, they don't even make a meter for us anymore. <laughs>
2: 657-205-6105, five-star hotline, 657-205-6105, or send us an email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show,
0: oh,
1: oh. And he's at LBC Lightning. I'm at Sean P. Holman, and together we are the At Truck Show Podcast. Have you Have, have you been happy with my content lately?
2: I've been posting more random stuff. You said people like random, and I yeah, just absolutely. and that's that's the direction I've been going. Good work. I did a photo of my dog. Then it was a picture of my huh. uh, new pearl white calipers on my car. Yeah, and which uh, car? Uh, the uh, AMG. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm, there's a bunch of photos coming soon of the uh, of Lockjaw, the 606020. I've just been stockpiling photos. Oh, how about, um,
1: uh, how about the old speed bump? How's that coming along?
2: I have some photos that you haven't seen yet, my oh, friend. all right. There's uh, quite a few CAD drawings. Actually, as we're recording this right now, um, Eric is working on the truck.
1: I like Eric. He's my new I'm best hoping, friend.
2: I'm hoping to... Uh, well, Eric will be on our show soon to talk
1: about it. All right. Now we're talking. it mm-hmm. has got to put a smile across your face. All right. If you guys uh, want to leave us a five-star, head over to uh, Apple Podcast app and uh, tell us how much you love us. And of course... <laughs> no, just, just leave a five-star. You don't have to profess your love. It's okay. Call us on the uh, five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. Oh, man. This, this has been a long, uh, long year. This is where we uh, talk about Nissan, this part right here. Uh, this is where we thank our sponsors for sticking with us for another year. So uh, Nissan, our presenting sponsor, who, uh, man, they're, they've are they been with us for almost three years now. That's freaking awesome. Thanks, Nissan. That speaks
2: volumes about a company,
1: doesn't it? No, I mean, it's us, though. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're in the market for a new midsize truck, a half ton, a half ton plus... Uh, line of commercial vans, head over to NissanUSA.com or down to your local Nissan dealer where you can check them out in person. And remember that the Nissan Titan and Titan XD come with a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty the best, best in the, in the business.
2: best Oh, I was trying to get stereo with almost, you. Almost. We'll tre- oh, almost. Let's do this. You ready? Hold yep. On. Ready? Yep. One, two, three. The, the best, best in, in the business. business. That's weird.
1: Let's, no, let's no, not do that I don't again. like Let that. that. It, that. I, can't, I don't even like talking. It's like... <laughs> uh, very odd. All right. And, uh, of course, the friends of DECT, we've got some big news coming from DECT here, I believe... It's now mid January. The uh, the flagpole has been stuck in the ground mm-hmm. and it's happening.
2: But listen, because they can't buy whatever it is that they're supposed to be buying, January, whatever it was, what they can buy today is the. Before sli- prices go up. Yeah, you got to do it today, like right now, yeah. before the new year. Buy the decked drawer system for your truck or your van, sl- twin sliding drawers, buttery smooth ball bearings from Texas. U.S. made. By the way, it's not just like we've talked in other, you know episodes past that the bearings are made in Texas. The whole decked system is built and assembled in Ohio.
1: Yep. That's rad. Yep. It's all made right here and with U.S. labor. Find out more. Why do we know that? Because we're going to show you. Because maybe, maybe we've been there. <laughs> All right, maybe okay, deck.com. Mm-hmm. And also got to thank our friends over at Durlast. And so, uh, Durlast makes a great line of OE replacement parts, including their brake line. You can get the Durlast brake pads, the Durlast Gold brake pads, or the new Durlast Elite brake pads. The Elite's the newest addition to the line with the most advanced friction technology yet. Bought a pair for my kid Scion. Did you really? I hate talking about things that
2: aren't trucks, but I'm telling you, I bought a pair. Yep, I went to AutoZone, where, where they sell them, and I bought a pair for my kids, a Scion XB. So he has the super square one that looks like a bread box, you know, like a shoebox. He loves it. Anyway, the brake pads, super silent. Did you get the uh, Duralass rotors with it, or did you step up to the Duralass Gold rotor? Almost did, but his rotors were not worn out yet, so there wasn't any need to. But when they are, for sure, we're going to get the Duralass Golds.
1: All right, those are the ones with the Z-Clad Zinc Coating that provide rust protection and long life and eliminate pre-installation cleaning. They'll also withstand salt spray for up to 120 hours without rust and have uh, more than 11% higher carbon than most rotors. Duralastparts.com.
2: Do you think 2021 will be as bad as 2020?
3: How about no? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think... 2021 is going to be awesome. There's so many great trucks coming out on the market. It's going to be a smorgasbord of truck show podcasts. Well, podcast. that's two
2: smorgasbord references in the same show. Did you, I had one did you smorgasbord you, that, earlier.
1: Yeah, that's where you heard it. Damn it. I need to stop listening to you. Oh, Yo, yeah, that's that's
2: a good plan.
3: <laughs> T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Ignition.
2: Happy New Year, peeps.
1: Happy New Year. Happy 2021. We'll see you guys soon.
3: Happy New Year, guys. Oh, a note for 2021. I think it's time to get a new suckage meter. You've had it pinned in the red all year. Now the needle is just stuck there. Maybe the new year will bring some quality entertainment. Wait. Who am I kidding?
2: The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five star rating. If you'd like to open the show, leave a message on the five star hotline, 657 205 6105. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors.